Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Christmas is Generosity, presented by Pastor Jerry Evans on December 13th, 2015. I bring a message about the generosity of Jesus. And I look back in my years of being a pastor, and I've never, ever preached on the generosity of Jesus. So I got excited about it, and then we have new chairs. The sermon may be a lot longer this morning. And I appreciate the new chairs coming just in time for an extended message this morning. Not really. We're going to get out of here on time. I want to tell you that. But I believe that as we look at generosity, in the months that Beck and I have been here, almost a year now, we see your generosity. Friday night, as we stuffed stockings, and there was probably 125 to 150 people here, I could see the expression on faces of people putting stuff in the bag. And when Beck and I went and bought some things, we enjoyed shopping and as we bought shampoo and thinking about what it would do. But you set a good example for generosity. I don't know that everybody is, but as we look at generosity this morning, I want you to think about your own life and where you are in that area. As we look at generosity, I want to challenge you just to, to do that, to make sure that you're one of those generous people. You know, with most people, generosity begins just before Thanksgiving, and it's over at the, end of, at, at the day after Christmas. But our generosity ought to go 24-7, 12 months a year, 365, I guess would be how we would say that. But I think in the beginning, and, and if you've got your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 1. I just want to recall some things about in the very beginning, from the beginning of time, how God was generous with what he created and what he did. He created the heavens and the earth. Without that, we wouldn't be here. He created the waters, and, and He created light and darkness, and He made two lights, the sun by day and the moon by night. This morning, we had about eight or ten inches of snow on our side of town in our subdivision where we live up close to the mountains. And all of a sudden, just before we left, the sun came out. And it reminded me of what God had done as, as I'd prepared the message, thinking about the sun, but it was a fresh reminder of that sun. Without the sun, we couldn't live on earth because it not only lights the earth, it warms the earth. Think about that. We could, I'm glad I don't live in Alaska. Beck and I took a trip there a few years ago, and uh, it was not even winter, but I was cold. Of course, when it gets below 75 degrees, I'm cold anyway. You know, he talks on through Genesis here about creating the land and, and dividing the land and the water and, and creating the great lights and, and creating the wildlife and creating birds of the air. And actually, we that's our food. It says he created plants that uh, would produce seed. So think about that. And we go all the way through. We'll go over to Abraham, and we see Abraham was generous. God asked him to offer his son Isaac. And Abraham, by faith, was willing to do that. But God didn't let it go quite that far. As we walk on through the Old Testament, we see the generosity of God, how he gave 
the Israelites' land and victory in battles and so much would take forever to cover it if we did that. Then we get over to the New Testament and we see how Jesus was generous. We see his generosity. Floyd used the verse last week and I'm going to use it again. I don't think Scripture ever gets old in talking about the the uh, compassion of Jesus. I think I've probably spoken to his generosity, but it was about the compassion of Jesus. Matthew nine thirty five through 36. Then Jesus went into all the villages, towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease, every sickness. And, he saw the, and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion. That's the word from last Sunday again. Compassion for them, because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. That's the word. But as I look at that, there's more than just compassion in that. There's generosity in that. Look at the part of the verse that says, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease. I don't know why he chose to do that at that time, but he did. And some of you have experienced God's healing and know what that means. Why he doesn't heal everybody, I have no idea. I can't answer that. But I'm not God. God is God, and his thoughts are greater than ours. His ways are different from us. I'm thankful that I've experienced healing from God many times in my life. Even last year, as many of you know, when I was in the hospital for 77 days, and I actually died and was revived. And this morning, the snow was so white, it reminded me of my little time in heaven. I just had to throw that into the message this morning because it reminded me of what happened and how God was generous to me and brought me back. Sometimes when I have pains and aches like this one and this one and that one, I mean, you know, I think maybe I should have stayed in heaven. I wouldn't have those aches and pains. But I'm thankful to God that he brought me back here. Now, we always are talking about community, and that's kind of a buzzword in churches today. It used to be called fellowship and still is some places. Even in the business world, you hear the word community many times. The word community comes from a word in the Bible that you've heard many times. You've heard this all of your life if you were raised in church. It comes from the word koinonia. But the word koinonia is like a diamond with different facets. It has different meanings. So the, the, the Greek word koinonia, which you, and I, I know I've heard it all my life, most of my life, and you have too. But I want you to think about it for just a moment. It's translated fellowship, community, participation, but it also can be translated generosity. And we have to have community in order to have generosity. It means that you have to participate, I have to participate, and there are times that I make maybe a contribution in your life, times you make contribution in my life, that's koinonia, that's, being, that's part of the generosity. But there has to be generosity. You say, well, who determines generosity? Well, we go to Scripture. In fact, all this stuff is given today as some proof texts of what generosity is and the benefits from it. On the screen, I think you'll see Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. Remember... This, the person who sows sparingly also reaps sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Here's the key. Each person 
should do as he has decided in his heart and not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And when I look at that passage, it goes way beyond just money. It's talking about our time, our talent, our spiritual gifts. And I appreciate that many of you, you, you give your talents and your those singing on the stage this morning. That's giving back to God. That's being generous. That praise team met here this morning at 730. That's when most of us were probably getting up. I got up a little earlier, but you probably got up about that time. But that's generosity. The sad thing is that many Christians don't know what generosity really is. In fact, probably wouldn't know it if it hit them in the face. I'm thankful to be a part of this church because in the time we've been here, I've seen so many of you be generous. Yesterday, we had staff meeting up here. And just before staff meeting was over, six or eight people came in to clean the building to get it ready for us today. They were giving their time back. They were generous with their time. And I appreciate all who do that. In the area of just giving, uh, we met our goal and surpassed it. I don't know exact numbers in raising money for the three things that Floyd mentioned earlier, the chairs, the kids' area, the sound system. That's generosity. And I appreciate being able to see that generosity. It helps me to be generous. It, it, you're, you're a testimony to me and to those around us because of your generosity. But remember, as he talks about here, he's talking about more than just money. Sometimes when we talk about giving, people automatically assume that we're talking money. That's only part of it. But it's giving back everything that we have back to him. Because it comes from him. The Bible also says we need a proper attitude when we give back. The way the people were working in here yesterday, vacuuming and mopping and cleaning and all the stuff they were doing, they were not doing it reluctantly. They were doing it willingly. They had the right attitude. This verse I read a moment ago says not reluctantly. In other words, not hesitating to do it. In fact, I believe the Bible teaches that if we are reluctant about giving anything, whether it be all the stuff that was at the back of the worship center Friday night, if you bought the stuff and gave it reluctantly, that's not the way the Bible says. And it also says in this verse, not out of necessity. And then it says the way we should do it is by being happy. And it says that God loves a cheerful giver. The word cheerful there in the original language can be tr- is, the, is the word hilarious. We ought to be happy about what we're doing. I'm thankful that I experienced Friday night seeing people happy about helping other people. The things that we bought, I think, are going to the Haven House. Is that right? Doing something for others and not expecting anything in return. I saw people laughing and celebrating. I hope that was hilarious giving. And today, whenever the offering is, is given, is uh, received, if you're going to give a monetary gift, it tells what our attitude should be. If you're giving it because you think that God needs it or you have to do it, if you give your tithes and offerings on Sunday because you feel like it's an obligation, that's what he's saying. 
We shouldn't be doing it that way. It ought to be joy in giving. Lord, we need to check today and see how many laugh when they put their offering as it's passed around. <laughs> but be generous. God says when we're generous, there are seven incredible benefits in our life. On your outline there and be on the screen, generosity creates community. Second Corinthians 9-11, you will be enriched in every way. What a promise. You will be enriched in every way for all your generosity, which produces thanksgiving to God through us. You ever wonder sometimes why you struggle financially? You struggle, uh, maybe your life is not enriched. It's not always because of not giving. But overall, it could be, and I said the word could, because you're not generous. Maybe you're doing well in every area of your life because you are generous. Think about that. It's connected here when he says, which be used as thanksgiving to God through us. Enriched in every way for all your generosity. What a promise that God gives us in that one verse. The Bible says in Matthew 6:21, your heart will be wherever your treasure is. In other words, wherever I put my time, my talent, my resources, my money, my spiritual gifts used. That's where my heart will be, and so will yours. Some of you give generously by serving the Lord. And again, I used yesterday seeing the group up here cleaning the church. You were being generous with your time. Saturdays are a pretty busy day for most people. Thank you for doing that. But my friends, wherever your heart is, it ought to be in the things of God, no matter what. I see some people around Sol Rio that just can't give enough, coming clean, participating or leading in a Rio link, and doing so many other things. That's wonderful. It's an example to the community around us. You're being generous as you do that. Does that describe you? That's the question I would ask you this morning. Because Jesus is generous, and he wants us to be like him, then we ought to be generous. When we're generous, we're being like Jesus, because he was generous. Think about the second thing. Generosity defeats materialism. We live in a very, on a culture that's very materialistic. And every time we're generous... We're defeating materialism. All the things that we've been doing around the year, throughout the year, really, and being generous is defeating materialism. With, with whatever we contribute, it makes us more like Him. There are probably three times we're more like Jesus than any other time. One is when we love, another is when we give, and when we're generous. That's what God wants to be. He says, be like me. And he says, be holy like me. God started it. We see it through Jesus. All through the life and ministry of Jesus, we see his generosity. And if we want to be like him, we've got to be like him. I don't I hope one of you don't live in the house I'm going to speak of. One of the houses that Beck and I pass every time we come to Sorio, there's a yard full of toys 
And I don't mean Barbie dolls or, or uh, Tonka trucks or anything like that. There was an army truck, two trailers, a camper, a suburban, an SUV, some uh, those little vehicles that you go hunting on, whatever you call those, four-wheelers, three-wheelers. And I could go on, but the whole yard is covered with that. And it's all paved, so they never get them stuck. But they're just there all the time. And I've wondered many times how many people live in that house that have that many toys. I don't know. There's a there's an attitude is that the more toys you have, the greater you are in life. Uh, our culture says the one with the most toys wins. <laughs> but the the news is that. With toys or without toys, we all die. So those with the most toys are going to be just like you and I. They're going to die. But that's the antidote to materialism. And I don't know if those people are materialistic. I just have never seen a house that had that many toys in the yard. Large toys anyway. And of course you know the difference in the toys of children and the toys of men, don't you? The men's toys are just a little bigger. And those are big toys as we pass by there. But just remember that any time you're generous, it may be at work, it may be in your community, it may be with a charity, it may be with CareNet, or so many opportunities. But every time we're being generous, we're being like Jesus, and we're defeating materialism. The third thing is, Generosity strengthens our faith. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, your giving proves the reality of your faith. Folks, these are not my words that I'm using. This is straight out of Scripture. And I'm trying to give you a reference for every one of them. It strengthens our faith. When you give back, when you spend money to buy things like Friday night, or when you give to the uh, back this morning or whatever you give to or maybe an organization outside the church. It's proving the reality of your faith that your faith is in Christ and Christ alone. He is the supplier of everything that we have. And I just want to say this right here. Everything that we have, everything that we have is from God. If it were not for Him, we would have nothing. By the world standards, everyone in here is rich. We're in about the top 7% of the world in America. Even the poorest people in America are still much above most of the world. And all we have is from God. And we need to remember to thank Him. And I hope that your generosity does always strengthen your faith. Just remember the generosity of Jesus. I would challenge you that sometime just to kind of read through the Gospels about the life of Jesus and see his generosity from the time he came into the world and we things are recorded about him until he went to the cross, which is the greatest example of generosity that we have. So God says, I want you to learn to be like me. To learn to be like me, you need to be generous, and we need to be generous. He says, I'm generous with you, and you need to be, learn to be generous back to me. 
That's what he was saying. The next thing is generosity is an investment for eternity. Down the street here, there's a funeral home called Daniels, I believe. One of them golf course called French's. In each one of those funeral homes, they sell a burial suit. It's not like the suit that you go to uh, Dillard's or Joseph A. Bank or somewhere and buy. It's a suit for men that either don't have a suit or their family wants them buried in a, in a suit. The big difference in the suit that you go in the store and buy and the one that you get at Daniel's or French's, they have no pockets. The burial suits that are sold in the funeral homes have no pockets. Why? You can't take it with you. You can't take generosity with you to heaven. But you know what? You can send it in advance. And the acts of generosity of providing the things that you did on Friday night for a Haven House, that's sending generosity on ahead. When you give back to the Lord, whether it be your time, your talent, your money, spiritual gifts, that's being generous back to Him, but that's sending it on ahead. And I just ask you this morning, are you sending things ahead? Just remember those barrel suits have no pockets. And you've heard the old adage for many years, have you ever seen a U-Haul behind a hearse? Don't think so, but we can send it on ahead, and we do that when we're, when we're generous here on earth. You, you make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. Think on that. I don't know if I put that in your notes or not, but I think it's good. The fourth thing is generosity blesses you in return. Luke 16.9 B part, that, what I read earlier was, read, use your worldly resources to benefit others right out of Scripture. The verse continues in the second part of it. It says, in this way, your generosity stores up a reward for you in heaven. So what I'm telling you is straight out of Scripture again. It not only creates community and defends materialism and strengthens our faith and an investment for eternity, but it says here that it blesses us in return right now. So you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to get those blessings. But it stated over and over again in the Bible that God blesses those who are generous. But again, our motive cannot be give to get. And I think that's a health and wealth thing that we see preached many times on television and in certain groups. We give out of our heart. We give willingly. We give with the right attitude. We don't get to give. The next thing is generosity produces happiness. Acts 20.35 says, and Jesus is speaking when he says this, there's more happiness in giving than receiving. Paul was actually quoting Jesus from another part of the New Testament. 
Let me ask you this. Who's happier in life? Who's happier in life? Givers or takers? Givers. Because those who are takers are not happy. They're, they're scared to death that they're going to lose what they've got. They're frightened. When we give, it sets us free. And we don't have that fear. You say, well, I just don't have a lot of time to give. My observation is that you and I do exactly what we want to do. And we use I don't have time as an excuse. So whether it be time, money, talent, whatever, God wants us to be generous with it. He wants to bless our life with it. He wants us to be happy about it. The next thing is, and I've really already said this, but it's one of the points, generosity makes us more like Jesus. If I ask you to raise your hands, how many of you would would like to be more like Jesus? I got a feeling everyone in here would raise their hands. I do. I'll raise both of mine because I just really want to be like Jesus. And he wants us to be like him. John 1.16 says, From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. Folks, reflect back on the blessings of God in your own life. Even right now, reflect back on those. So become, to become like Jesus, we have to be generous people. God's a giver, and he wants us to be a giver. Probably the greatest verse on giving is one that probably everyone in here knows, from the youngest to the oldest. For God so loved the world that he gave What a motivation for us to be generous. God did not even withhold his own son. Jesus voluntarily came and died for our sins. Generosity, that's what we see a picture of. For God so loved Jerry that he gave the world. For God so loved Jeff that he gave his son. I'm sorry, mean the world. Put your name in there. For God so loved, put your name there that he gave. That ought to be a motivation for us to be generous. You can give without loving, but you can't love, truly love, without giving. And again, everything that we have is from the Lord. On the quiet times that I write, and the one posted Christmas Day, a day or two before Christmas, I've challenged each person who reads the quiet time to be sure to plan what to do Christmas Day. Read the Christmas story. When you give a present, remember that we give presents because God gave us the greatest present ever in Jesus. So when you take that present up under the tree and you hand it to your child or your spouse or a friend or whatever, think about that gift represents the greatest gift ever given. That's why we give presents. If we give presents for any other reason, that's not what Christmas is all about. It ought to be, Jeff, you talked about joy this morning. 
in our little group up here uh, as we prayed before church started. We ought to give with joy. It ought to be a great joy. If it doesn't bring joy, then we ought not give. Just remember, everything is from the Lord. Second Chronicles twenty fourteen says, Everything has come from you, Lord, and we can give you what is already yours. We can only give what's, your, what's already yours. We think back on the fact that everything we have, you may have gotten paid to buy the clothes you've got on through your employer, but you know what? God gave you that resource through that employer and it just drives home again the fact that everything we have, the shoes on your feet, even flip-flops, came from God, comes from God. We need to remember that God's a lot more interested in our willingness than our wealth. What he really wants is what's right here. And when he's got our heart, generosity is a natural outgrowth. But when he only has a part of our heart, it's difficult to be generous. It's difficult to love. Jesus gave his life. You and I need to give our heart so that we can have the generosity of Jesus. The whole reason we have church, the whole reason that we do things that we did like Friday night, and other giving, and some of that's in your insert today about giving back. We get it, we give. We get, we give. But it all comes from God. Second Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9 says, and here's why we need to be generous. Remember the generosity of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Of all, he was rich beyond our telling, yet he became poor for your sake, that his poverty might make you rich. He gave up his place in heaven, came to earth. I suppose he didn't own anything, worked as a carpenter, served three and a half years of ministry, telling the world about himself. Even his preaching is generosity. You and I wouldn't be believers today had it not started with Jesus and then the disciples and then others. I'm thankful that the disciples didn't take the gospel and hide it. I'm glad they shared it because that's why we're here today. But they learned that from the master of generosity. They learned that from Jesus. Acts 15, 11 says, We were saved because Jesus, out of sheer generosity, moved to save us. What a great picture of the generosity of Jesus. The only reason that you and I, those of us who've received Christ as our Savior, are going to go to heaven is because Jesus' generosity. Because God so loved he gave. I want us to take a moment. I want you to shut everything out around you.
And we normally close our eyes to keep from being distracted. So do that if you would. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to pray short phrases of the prayer. And if you can pray this honestly and mean it, do that. If you can't, don't pray it. Every eye closed. Dear God, I know that everything I have is a gift from you. I'd have nothing if it were not for your generosity. And Lord Jesus, I know that you want me to learn to be like you. Help me to remember that every time I'm generous, it defeats materialism. It strengthens my faith. Lord, help me to see my generosity as an investment for eternity. Jesus, I know that I can never, ever be able to repay what you've done for me. But I do want to learn to be generous. Just like you. I want to be enthusiastic about being generous, about volunteering, about giving back all I have to you in one way or the other. I thank you for being generous enough to set the example that you died for me. And Lord, I want to recommit my life to you today that would be one of generosity. And I want to give back to you generously. Thank you, Lord, for your generosity. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website, at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.